Welcome, friends. My name is James Bowley. Oh, my stopwatch did something weird. There it is. Hey, we're good. All right. Uh, my wife and I, Kim, uh, wherever she is doing the announcements earlier, uh, we are the pastors, the uh, directors, whatever you want to call us, of SEMO Chi Alpha. And uh, I am trying to get back on the horse every time I take a little bit of a break. Uh, I, I feel like when I get back into the habit of preparing this type of message, uh, it always takes me about like three times as long, all right? Uh, so I feel like today I was trudging through mud and it was a good time, but our, I'm here now. Hey, this is me and my wife and my two little girls. Uh, we, uh, we had a really great Christmas. I hope you did too. Um, I have made this commitment to myself to every time we start up in here uh, I am going to kind of help you understand a little bit about who we are as a ministry uh, what we believe and honestly you guys have kind of picked it up pretty good uh, so so I'm very thankful for that but let's let's practice again because we love you so much we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God but our lives as well first Thessalonians 2 8 awesome thank you you guys are fresh you're good you know it. You got it. If you don't know it, you can learn it. It's okay. Uh, so in that passage, this is truly the heart of, honestly, what Kim and I see as the vision for what Jesus is doing here. Okay? We love you. We're going to share with you the gospel. If you don't know what the gospel is, the gospel is, it's a fancy word that means good news. Okay? Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I can say about that. It has connections to Old Testament stuff. It has connections to, well, honestly, history. Uh, in Rome, when they would pronounce the good news, it was always about a new king. Okay? Uh, so the good news is that there's a new king. That Jesus is coming to be king, not only of the world, but also of your life. Uh, that he has invited you into his kingdom, and that his kingdom is becoming more and more real. Uh, someday we will all get to, hopefully if you're a Christian, we will get to experience the, the fullness of his kingdom together. And that's, that's what we hope for here in Chi Alpha. So, all right, I touched on that a little bit. Good news, want to share that with you, but I also want to share my life with you. That's why we do open house. That's why we do a lot of one-on-ones in the ministry. Now, obviously, I don't meet with everyone in here because I can't. There's too many of you. I do not have enough time. That just does not work. Fortunately, though, that's why delegation is important. We have a great staff team. We have a great leadership team. And honestly, you guys, you're a great membership. If you're just here hanging out, not on leadership, I don't have a title or anything like that, you're just cool anyway, right? We do one-on-one so that we can know each other, so we can share life with each other, okay? Um, I, I would like to share a little bit with you uh, just about... Uh, my, my little girl, Abby, um, I, obviously I have two little girls, picture, no, okay, uh, I have two little girls, but I'm just going to share a little bit about Abby, because I have another picture coming up, right, maybe, there we go, this is Abby after drinking coffee, I did not approve of this, but she did, and she liked it, sometimes things don't play out the way you intend them to, <laughs> But it's okay. Hey, she's pretty. She's sweet. Uh, here's the deal. My beautiful little girl, Abby, is awesome 
and she's growing up quite nicely, and it kind of breaks my heart because she is growing up. And I really enjoyed Little Abby. Do we have a picture of Little Abby? Oh. <laughs> also drinking coffee. <laughs> it's, it's an ongoing problem. It'll be okay. It has not stunted her growth, so she is still huge. Uh, people are like, oh, is she eight? No, she is six. <laughs> wow, she's got an excellent vocabulary. Yes, she bosses around college students all the time. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just how it is. Uh, but little Abby, I, I kind of do miss some of these days, right? Uh, there, are, there were wonderful times we had with little Abby and also with little Lizzie. Uh, but, you know, they grow up, and that's actually a good thing. You don't want them to stay this age the rest of their life, right? Uh, let's be honest, there are things that she was doing back then I do not want to have to do anymore, right? There are things that come out one end or out the other that I don't want to have to deal with, right? As children grow up, they stop doing some of that, and it's wonderful. Um, then there are other things that come out of their mouth, and you're like, what'd you say? And <laughs> you don't want to deal with that either. Um, but it is what it is. And uh, she is learning to be a wonderful little girl and to be honest with you, she's not perfect, but she is great. And I'm even in the times I get annoyed with her and I have to remind her of the things that she's supposed to be doing, uh, I still look back at that and go, this is pretty awesome that I have this little minion running around that I can remind of the right way to live, right? Because when she was this little age, there wasn't no reminding. It was, it was just like, oh gosh, she's going to jump off the couch again. Uh, and so you can't say don't do that because it doesn't matter. Um, but now she's at the age where you can be like, Abby, don't jump off the couch. You're going to, number one, hurt yourself. And I don't want you to hurt yourself. Number two, you're going to break the floor um, because you are jumping super hard. Man, when I'm working on my sermon and she's upstairs running around, I swear it feels like she's going to come through the roof. I'm like, 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 did she actually get on the roof and, like, pile drive a stuffed animal? Like, what did she do? Like, the, sh the, the ceiling fan is, like, rocking in the basement. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. Can you imagine what it sounds like when you guys are upstairs? <laughs> but um, bum All right. So the, the wonderful things that I have to remind Abby about actually uh, are, are really helpful for me because it, it reminds me kind of of the problem I have with Jesus, that he is probably constantly being like, dude, you know better. You're supposed to be doing this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sermon prep. That's right. Not YouTube. Sermon prep. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. And honestly, there are a lot of times that he has to remind me of things, and I'm not um, thrilled that I have to be reminded of those things, right? Um, how many times has this been something that you have experienced, right? This is probably all of our problem with Jesus, uh, that he has a message that oftentimes does not look like the, the thing that we are currently distracted by, right? Uh, there's things that he's asking us to do, wanting us to do, expecting us to do, and honestly, a lot of times they're, they're not in line with what we're currently distracted by. Uh, for example, um, let's say at WinterCon, uh, WinterCon, one of the speakers gets up and he goes, following Jesus is hard. And we cheered. <laughs> and it's like, what? <laughs> Are you really cheering for that? Okay, sure. At, at WinterCon, there was this, uh, this guy that got up and he goes, Christians shouldn't be, uh, shouldn't be known 
for what they're against, but what they're for. And we cheered. And I'm like, yeah, that's good. That's, that's, really, that's really good. And, and then there was another one that got up and said, uh, uh, the world doesn't know Jesus and we need to help them. And we cheered. And it's like, that is also good. And then they follow that up with saying something like, um, we need to live this dying out loud. And honestly, people cheered. And it's like, these are all very true statements. These are, in my opinion, these are things that Jesus would say to us very clearly. But I don't know in that context if cheering is actually what we meant. I don't know if that's what you think it means, you know? Like, honestly, can, can, can we just be honest? We got back here, and as soon as we got back here, my phone, Kim's phone, started exploding with, this is hard. And it's like, yeah, it is. It is hard. Living this dying out loud is actually hard. And we're not even dying, okay? Now, we're all dying in this room at some point, but we're not dying right now, all right? So let's just get that clear, all right? So I want to touch on our title and the direction for our semester. We're going to be talking about maturity, okay? We're going to be taking uh, a look at specific aspects of our spiritual life and how we need to become more mature, all right? Now, yes, it is probably going to be helpful for actually talking about how do we actually mature, uh, but at the same time, this is more focused on spiritual maturity. So our title for this evening, Maturity Comes Through Wisdom, Reflection, and Persistence. Um, I'm not really big on three-point sermons, uh, but these, this one just came in threes, so please forgive me for not sticking to the one point. This is the one point. The three things are just sub points. I guess. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at a, uh, a passage out of Luke, and Jesus in this passage is talking about uh, basically a sower. He's telling a story, right? It's a story. We call it a parable. Why do we call it a parable? Because it teaches us a lesson, a spiritual lesson that we should take something out of to apply to our lives, okay? Um, in this passage, up until this point in time, Jesus has begun his ministry. He has been traveling throughout uh, Galilee and this area of the world that most people would call Israel today, uh, the Jordan, whatever. Um, and he's traveling through this area. And as he travels through this area, he has been basically going from these spiritual learning centers, uh, telling people uh, honestly about what he would call the good news, right? Now, I love this, this concept. People are like, oh, the good news is that Jesus died for our sins, blah, blah, blah. Y yes, he did. That was good news. But that's not the good news that he was spreading because he hadn't died yet, and he was spreading the good news. Huh? Huh? Ever think of that? Fun story. We'll talk about that later. Um, so Jesus is going around telling about this idea that he has come to become king, right? That he has come to restore the world to the kingship underneath of God which he was God, right? So he has said, hey, I'm here. I'm going to be the king. And most of the people at that time, and this is honestly basically from Luke 1 until Luke 7, this is what we're dealing with. He, he says, the gospel is coming. The king is coming. I am here. And the people are like, really? You? And kind of over and over again, he's revealing all these aspects to, of himself to them. 
And usually they go, wow, that's weird. Hey, we want to kill you. Or maybe he's, maybe he's actually right. Maybe we should follow him. So honestly, the, the uh, third group tends to be a lot less people. But so what Jesus is doing in this parable is he's actually telling us about four groups of people. Okay. Luke 8, verse 5. A farmer went out to sow seed. As he was scattering seed, some fell on the path, and it was trampled on. The birds ate it up, and some fell on rocky ground. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell on thorns, and it grew up and was choked by the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, and it came up, yielded a crop a hundred times more that was sown. Cool. Cool story, Jesus. I... What are you getting at? I, I don't even know. So he's telling this story to a large group of people. And he does this a lot, honestly, to help teach a large crowd of people the same idea all at the same time. It's something that can be easily remembered. And also, it, it tends to be one of those things that Jesus can teach really good spiritual truth. And if people don't actually get it, and they don't like what he's saying, they're not going to have as much ability to kill him. Okay? Um, does that make sense to you? Like, he's actually actively walking around the national religion saying everything that you believe is wrong. This is the right way. That's why Jesus gets killed later on. Right? That, like, that's not why he came to die. He came to die for our sins. But it's why the people really wanted to kill him because they didn't like what he was saying. He was taking all of the normal societal constructs and he was turning them upside down, right? So then he calls out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And his disciples asked him about the parable. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you, but to others I speak in parables so that through seeing they may not see, and through hearing, they may not understand. This is actually a prophecy out of the Old Testament scripture, okay, that, that the Messiah would come and that the Messiah would tell people, here is what is happening, but still they would not necessarily want to believe or believe him. Uh, earlier in Luke, in Luke, I think it's four, uh, Jesus comes and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I have come to preach the good news, blah, 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 blah. And in that same little passage, what happens? The people are like, aren't you Joseph's kid? And he's like, yeah, I am. Prophets are without honor in their hometown. And they start to basically take everything that he has said and tear it apart. And eventually he comes back with some truth and they don't like it. And they go in to kill him and he gets away. All right. So. Multiple times throughout this, his, his uh, ministry, he is continuing to do the same thing over and over again. I am going to tell you the truth, and I hope you're going to listen to me. So then what, what does he say to his disciples? This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones that hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. This is literally going back to Luke 4. This has already happened, Right? He has showed up. He has read from the prophecy that talks about himself. He says, this is fulfilled now in your presence. They don't like it, and they're going to go kill him. 
This is the word has been presented to the people, and the people don't like it. Then he goes on. Those on the rocky ground are the ones that receive the word with joy, and then they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but when the time of testing comes, they fall away. The seed that fell upon the thorns stands for those that hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. They do not mature. But the seed on the good soil stands for those with noble and good hearts who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. All right, so as Jesus has passed through this passage, we see multiple things in this passage about the people that he's already been dealing with, right? There's a person in Luke that comes to him and says, Master, I would like to follow you. And he says, he says, would you follow me? Foxes have holes, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head, right? And another person, he goes, hey, follow me. And they're like, oh, let me go be- bury my dad, all right? Which sounds great, but can I just be really honest with you? I, I need to blow this one up. Uh, let me go bury my dad. In that culture, if his dad is dead, he's there with him. The dad is not currently hanging out where Jesus is preaching. Let's just be honest. If somebody in your family died in that culture, you were immediately there. It's not like you live super far away from people most of the time. All right? Most of the time, you live near your relatives. Okay? If, if a parent died, you were immediately going to be there. with. So he's not s- sitting here listening to Jesus. And Jesus is like, hey, come follow me. He's like, oh, I got to bury my dad. No, his dad's still alive, apparently. Right? He's saying, well, my dad's going to die soon. Let me wait. I'll follow you after this. Okay? This is the message that Jesus is telling people. That people are very often hearing the news and ignoring it. Hearing the news and saying, that sounds great, but then they don't stick around. Hearing the news, and then they try to stick around, and then at some point something changes. They go, you know, I really just got to pay off my car first. Let me pay off my car, and then I'll come and I'll do this. The beautiful thing about what Jesus is saying in all this that we miss out on so much is that people hear it, they retain it, and they persevere to produce. Okay? Maturity comes through wisdom, reflection, and persistence. Okay, how many of you guys know that knowledge is not wisdom? Right? Okay, you've all heard those crazy jokes that the people are like, oh, well, I know, right, that a tomato is a fruit. But knowledge is saying I'm not going to put a tomato in a fruit salad. Okay? Right? You've heard that before, right? So we get this idea that knowledge and wisdom are two separate things. Okay? How do we get to wisdom? Knowledge is good, but obviously wisdom is better. How do we get to wisdom? So how many of you guys, you came back from WinterCon, and just to be honest with you, you don't really remember all of the things that you heard that were spoken, right? Some of you guys didn't go to WinterCon, right? I'm not trying to poke at you. But how many of you guys came back from WinterCon and you forgot about this whole idea of, like, living this death out loud, right? How many of you came back and you can't really remember the statistic of how many people in the world do not follow Jesus, okay? 
think we forget things, right? It happens. But at the same time, there were some very simple things that were said at WinterCon, and I'm I'm gonna say them because I said them. Uh, we got together a big group of us, and at the end, I was like, "Hey, don't forget the thing that God has done in your life. We're gonna share this with each other so that we can hold each other accountable." Okay. So wisdom, wisdom is taking what you've been given and then using it appropriately. Wisdom is saying to your friend, hey, remember that thing that God said to you? Remember that thing that God said to me? I need you to hold me accountable to this. I need you to help me to do this right. Okay? Wisdom is using our knowledge in a good and healthy way. All right? So how about the next thing? So the first thing that that happens in this parable is that the word of God is spread on the on the road and basically it disappears. The birds get it, right? People walk on it. It gets thrown out there and ig ignored, right? So wisdom is instead of ignoring the stuff that we've heard, we pick it up, we take it, we hold on to it tightly. Okay? So that's that's the first thing. The second thing, right, is experience. Alright, as we look at the second aspect of this passage, Jesus says that basically seed was thrown on the rocky ground and there was no moisture. So th these things, these plants did not have fruit, right? They had some experience. They heard the word. They accepted it. They had some experience. They started to grow. But they didn't hold on to that experience, right? So knowledge isn't everything. And experience is not everything. Ooh, experience is not everything. How many of you guys like that? You're like, oh, I don't have job experience. I can't get a job. Right? So it's not experience that's the important thing. Experience is very good. You need to have experience. If you do not have experience, more than likely, you're not acting on the knowledge you have. Right? You're not trying to gain more wisdom. Okay? If you're not experiencing God in your life right now, it's probably because you're not seeking him, right? He's there. He's, he's trying to interact with you. But if you're not experiencing him, it's probably because you're not actually going after him. You're not interested in experiencing him. So as far as experience go, what is important about experience? It's not the experience itself. My, my daughter actually asked me about this the other day. We were doing our devotional. And uh, it was something about a miracle that had happened. And she looked up and she goes, have you ever experienced a miracle? And I'm like, yes, I have experienced several miracles. And she goes, tell me about one. And I sat there and for a half a second, I was starting to panic. I was like, ah, uh, because <laughs> I hadn't practiced telling my daughter about miracles. Now, I could talk to you guys because the language I use with you is a little different than a six-year-old. Okay. When, when I'm talking to my six-year-old, I'm not used to telling her, oh, well, there's one time I almost died by blah, 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 blah. Kind of freaks them out right before bedtime. They shouldn't sleep well, right? So I, I'm having to sit there, and I'm like, I don't really want to tell her about that one. I really don't want to tell her about that one. I really don't want to tell her about that one. That one's not happening right now. The thing walking across the ceiling, that didn't happen. No, we're not talking about that. So here's the deal. We have to be able to reflect on our experiences, Right? 
if you're not reflecting on your experiences, those experiences are not going to take root in your life. Okay? When you have a moment with God, right, and you're like, dude, that was awesome, and you go on about your day and you do whatever, that moment is going to lose its power. Okay? It doesn't mean it wasn't powerful. It doesn't mean that what you thought was a moment with God didn't actually happen. It's just that you're not putting value on that moment by reflecting on it. Okay? Reflection gives us the opportunity to make things real. Right? And the last thing is that basically Jesus tells about the seed that fell in the thorns and the worries of this life choked out the growth, right? I can't tell you how many friends I've had, not not students, but friends, people that walk in the faith, that have made some pretty poor decisions because, well, money or job or eh, fill in whatever thing you got going on there, okay? Now, I have had friends that have made really good decisions, okay? Fortunately, it's always nice to have people in your life that live right, right? People make mistakes. You will make mistakes. I've made mistakes. It's going to happen, okay? But let's try to limit them, and let's try to make sure these mistakes that we make don't choke us out, okay? So as Jesus is telling this story, I would like to remind you that intentions are not persistence, okay? Just because you have good intentions does not mean that you will last through the difficult things of life, okay? Good intentions won't get you very far. Persistence is when we say, you know what? I know this is valuable, and I am going to continue to run with it. This is hard. This is difficult. But I'm choosing this thing that God gave me rather than the easy things or the things that, you know, definitely are important, like bills and taxes. And I guess taxes are important. I don't know. Anyway. So how many of you can say that you came back And after you went to WinterCon, or maybe you didn't go to WinterCon, but you had a cool experience with God over the winter, over Christmas, had that cool experience, and then you came back and you said, wow, this is hard. It's going to happen. Can I just be really honest with you? Jesus is talking clearly about the birds of the air. Satan came to take away the word of God that God was trying to plant in someone's life, Right? Satan does not want you to have the word of God growing in your life. Every time, I'm going to promise you this, every time you take steps closer to God, there is going to be pushback, okay? Remember, I talked about WinterCon. One of the speakers was like, being a Christian's hard. Woo! We got excited. We cheered. Hey, I'm glad we can cheer. I hope you can cheer. It is going to be hard. But that doesn't mean it's not worthwhile. Right? 
that doesn't mean that it's not going to be good. Can I just be honest with you? Dealing with my daughter and making sure that she's healthy, well, walking through her pregnancy with, with Kim, that was hard. Boy, Abby's worth it. For those of you that don't know, we had a hard time having Abby, right? But let me be honest with you. Those hard times, they, they aren't less hard because we have Abby. But they're worth it because we have Abby. Had a hard time having Lizzie. They're not less hard because we have her. They're worth it because we have her. Okay. When the initial enthusiasm wears off, follow-through requires hard work. It requires patience. It requires courage. Success and fruitfulness are the reward that comes from those who stay the course and are committed to the faith. When you feel like God has given you something, when he's told you something, when he's challenged you to something, it is your responsibility to carry that through to fulfillment. Now, I will say this to you. It is hard, but most of the time, when God gives you something like that, whatever you're carrying, you're not nearly doing as much stuff as you think you are. Okay? I've been working on a bunch of stuff lately, and it's, just, it's, it's funny, and I'm not going to get into the whole details of it. But I feel like for a long time I've been having this stuff that I've been trying to do. And I've been working really hard. And you can ask some of the guys that pray with me every once in a while. They're so annoyed with hearing me talk about this thing that I'm working on that's really hard, right? And all of a sudden over winter break, a lot of it got done. And I look back at it, and I'm like, I didn't do that much of it. Like, I mean, I did. But a lot of times it was more just like I had to put in the work and the things that were really hard, usually what would happen is I would get a phone call, I would make a phone call, and someone would be like, oh, yeah, just do this. Oh, all of a sudden, there's the answer. <laughs> I didn't really do all that much stuff. I just had to be humble and be faithful. Most of the time, when God is asking you to do something, no matter how big or how small it is, we have to make sure we're, we're being wise, right? We're using wisdom. We're reflecting on the things that he's told us over and over again, making sure we're making sure you got it right. And then you just got to be persistent and walk with it. And all of a sudden, this persistence, this patience, right, produces fruit in the long term. A lot of times when we talk about bearing fruit as a Christian, people get all caught up in, oh, I have to go and I have to witness to people. You do. That's true. I have to go out and I have to be an evangelist. I mean, you don't have to have the title, but you do. You got to go out and you got to tell people about Jesus. But let me just be honest with you. A lot of the times you telling people about Jesus is not about you having a theology degree. It's you walking through these things, having that wisdom, having that time to reflect on what he's actually done in your life. And then on top of that, just being persistent and faithful. And it's in those moments that people are like, what's wrong with you? Why are you different? And all of a sudden, you've stumbled into the conversation that's going to change somebody's life. All of a sudden, you've stumbled into an opportunity to pray with somebody 
about something where God is going to show up. It's not about you. You're not going to be the one showing up. God is going to show up. And all of a sudden, that person's life has changed. Because of what you did? Not really. You didn't do that much. You were persistent. You did the basic things that you were supposed to do, and all of a sudden it got you here. And then maybe you look back 20 years later and you're like, how many times has that happened? How many times has I, have I seen God show up? And I really haven't done that much, but God has done so much because you were faithful and persistent. We get so caught up in fruitfulness. I got to bear fruit. I got to do this thing. I got to be a good person. And, and a lot of times Jesus is like, look, you're confused, right? You're saying, oh, you know, Jesus, I, I want a spouse. And he's like, well, actually what you want is intimacy. And I'm offering you myself and my people. And you're like, but I really want a spouse. And he's like, you're really missing the point. You're like, man, Jesus, I want a job that pays really well so I can help you do your mission. And he's like, oh, I get it. You want security. Okay. I'm going to offer you myself and my people. And you're like, I really like that six-figure job. And he's like, I think you're missing the point. And you're like, Jesus, man, I, I just want this really cool job, this job that I feel like I'm made for it. He's like, okay, I get it. You want purpose. And then he offers you himself and his people. And it's like, man, I really want the job. It's got a cool title. And he's like, I think you're missing the point. Okay. We get so caught up in so many of these things of the world, right? And really what you need is Jesus, the person. And once you have Jesus, the person, once you have the wisdom that he starts giving you, once you start reflecting on those things, and once you start living those things out in faith and being persistent, all of a sudden these things that you want, security, purpose, intimacy, they come with it. They just don't necessarily come the way you're expecting them to. Okay? So which soil are you? Are you the soil that the seed doesn't even really get into and the birds just take it away? People walk on it. Are you the soil that, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, live our dying out loud. Little sprout comes up. All of a sudden, some comes up and boop, gone. Are you the, the soil that it's got some other things in it? Some other weeds, some other thorns that are going to slow you down a little bit and choke you out. Or are you the soil that produces fruit? Not right now. Maybe right now. A lot of our, a lot of our ministers, your ministers, a lot of our leadership team, they do produce fruit. We see them producing fruit. Our staff produces fruit. You don't have to be old to produce fruit, okay? But it doesn't mean it has to be like, you know, today. It doesn't have to be like this week. It doesn't have to be something that's like, oh, yeah, clearly this one situation, this is the fruit that I'm producing. It's a little bit broader than that. It's attitudes. It's your mindset. It's also the people that you bring along with you. 
So what is the fruit of your life? Uh, Sarah, would you go ahead and come on down? I'm going to start to wrap up. Sarah's going to play quietly for me. They're having a little bit of a Spotify issue. Um, I just want to continue to wrap this up and, and remind us that maturity comes through wisdom, reflection, and persistence. 